All right, good morning, everybody. Glad y'all tuned in to our stream this morning. We're going to start off with a contemporary worship song called Reckless Love, so feel free to sing along with us wherever you're at.
There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Nancy. Welcome again to our live streaming by Facebook as well as YouTube. I want to ask you a question. What if somebody had the cure for this terrible coronavirus disease and they withheld that cure? That would be awful. There's not a cure. But wait a minute. What about if someone has a cure for forgiveness of sin, another virus, and yet withholds that cure? That would be terrible equally. I want to preach today on the subject, three nails equals forgiven. Three nails equals forgiven. On a lighter note, one of our dear ladies told me uh, that now if you show up early in the morning, I think it's from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, at the grocery store, senior adults 60 and above are allowed to go in and shop before the other crowd comes in. Did you hear about the crowd that was outside of the grocery store waiting early in the morning before the door was uh, unlocked? 
and as they were standing in line, a good number of them, a young uh, person, uh, a man rather, came into the line and uh, uh, one of the elderly ladies uh, said, young man, she grabbed him by the shirt and said, you can't break in line, you're going to have to go back to the back of the line. So he did. Five minutes later, he made his way and was going through the line and uh, an older gentleman, a senior adult, saw him and he grabbed him by the arm and said, young man, you can't break in the line, you're going to have to go back to the back of the line. And so he did. Finally, five minutes later, they could see him making his way back to the front of the line, and he said this, hey, if y'all just let me unlock the door, we can all get in, all right? Well, on the lighter side, but seriously, 7 billion people are in our world, 328 million in America, and we're told approximately 10 million in Georgia. And there are many people hurting today, and I dare say some of you who've tuned in uh, you need not only to be forgiven, but you need the grace of God to forgive. Three nails for forgiveness. Three nails equals forgiveness. And here's where we're going today. We're looking in our Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Find your Bibles, please. Those uh, that are tuning in live stream. And I believe the Lord is going to speak a message to the hearts of so many people today and we thank God for this privilege of coming into your home and covet your prayers to say the least. As we're turning in our Bibles to the book of Colossians, I love this epistle. And uh, as we dive into the text, let me share with you there are three reasons why I believe that you ought to be forgiven and I ought to be forgiven and there are three further reasons that God spoke to my heart at about 4.30 this morning as I was praying over the message that not only do we need to be forgiven but we need to forgive especially at a time like this and we're going to see right here in the text in the book of Colossians chapter 2 uh, that uh, if you want to you can stay in your uh, graveyard of death uh, and or you can let the Lord of life raise you up from the dead we'll see that in just a moment in chapter 2 of the book of Colossians number 2 there's a second reason why you and I need to be forgiven and need to forgive namely this you can and I can stay sick with this sin sickness or we can call Dr. Jesus. We can call the great physician. And he's got the power to heal us from our sin sickness. And then there's a third reason we'll see in the text in a, just a moment. And that is this. Uh, you and I, uh, you can uh, allow the devil and his evil angels to hold on to your life. Or you can ask the conquering king to break the grip of the enemy and to bring you into freedom and let you go free. Now, as we're turning to Colossians, let me give you a little background as we look into the text today, chapter 2. Paul the Apostle is writing this, what we call, prison epistle. I had the privilege of being in Colossae just a few years ago, and it's in what we call modern-day Turkey. There was not much to it from an archaeological perspective. But geographically speaking, it was a beautiful uh, outline and uh, layout of God's creation. And yet Paul is probably sending this letter by the way of a man by the name of Epaphras. 
and we're told he probably never visited the church. Here is the reason for this letter. One, to defend his faith or our faith. Two, to share his faith. In essence, Paul is refuting and debunking false teaching. Namely, if we come to this book, you'll note that there are two different philosophies floating around at the time of this book. One was the Stoics. Two is the Epicureans. Now, the Stoics believed the soul was greater than the universe, and the Epicureans believed that we came from nothing and we're going, we don't even know where we're going. And to refute both of those false teaching, along with denying the deity of Christ, that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, and Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, he pens the words that Jesus is our sufficiency. Oh, yes, he is. And the and the worship of angels is erroneous, and the practice of asceticism and ceremonialism and other man-made philosophies are all vain in the sight of God. I'm telling you, there are three nails equals forgiveness. And we come to Colossians chapter 1. You'll note that Paul says, as we lead up to chapter 2, Paul says this. He says, he, he speaks to the saints. And there are two kinds of people you do know, the saints and the ain'ts. I hope you're a saint. And all that means is not perfection, but rather it means holiness, hagios. Uh, and so we come to chapter 1, and Paul prays a beautiful prayer. Have you read that prayer lately? Can I tell you, in a summarization leading up to chapter 2, the context of this great epistle. First, he says, we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That's in verse 13. And then he said, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. That's verse 14 of Colossians 1. And verse 15, Paul says that Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God. Do you know what that word image is? It's the word icon, E-I-K-O-N. Greek scholars tell us that means the exact representation of a holy God, an invisible God, and God the Son was God in the flesh. And then he comes to verse 16 of chapter 1 of the book of Colossians, and he says, By him were all things created, heaven and earth, thrones and dominions, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That is, he's holding it all together. <laughs> the old song goes, he's got the whole world in his hands. And so uh, Paul wants us to know that Jesus didn't just show up in the manger. Rather, he showed up from eternity past. And he's God. And he is the creator of heaven and earth. And then if you find in verse number 18 of the book of uh, Colossians 1, that he said that in all things he might have the preeminence. You know what that means? It means this, that he might have first place. Now, y'all listen to me, those listening by online. Tell me, does he have first place in your life? Is he number one in your life? I want to tell you, there's three nails that equal forgiveness. He deserves first place. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he is co-equal with the Father. Verse 15, he is the creator of heaven and earth. Verse 16, thirdly, he is the... Uh, uh, one who died on the cross and rose from the grave and he made peace by the blood of his cross. Now, I'm summarizing, leading us up to our text. If you looked in chapter 1 of the book of Colossians, you'd find out 
that the Apostle Paul said this, that his goal was not only to know this mystery Christ in us, the hope of glory, but he also says that he might present, we might present every man perfect. And the word in the Greek we're told is the word teleos. It means mature. Hey, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge of him and experiencing his power and serving him with gladness and making a difference even at a time like this. So he says in verse 29 of chapter 1 that he said, I labor. Listen, I labor. I labor. And that point is to the point of exhaustion. I labor, striving according to to his working which worketh in me mightily. I'm telling you, it's a joy to serve the Lord. I said it's a joy to serve the Lord. I said it's the life's greatest privilege to serve our living Lord. And you know what Paul's saying? And that word striving means to wrestle with, to the point of exhaustion. But he said it's really not me, but it's Christ in me, empowering me, enabling me to do what I got to do. Then we come to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, by the way, we're leading up to verse 13, 14, and 15. In chapter 2, verse 6, he says, As many as receive Christ Jesus the Lord. And the word receive, we're told, is the word paralambano. The word means to not passively receive, but actively receive, not just in our head, but in our heart. Yes, a gift of all gifts. Tell me, have you done that? Tell me, do you know Jesus, not just about him, not just about the stories, not just about the Ten Commandments, not just about the Golden Rule, not just the Sermon on the Mount, but do you really know him? Well, uh, if so, I rejoice with you because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, Colossians 2.10, I'm sorry, Colossians 2.9. And in him, here again, Paul is, is portraying Jesus as God in the flesh. And then I love what he says in verse 10. He said, and ye are complete in him. In him dwells, or dwell oikos at home. In Jesus dwells all the fullness. That word pleroma means the totality of a living God. Yes, God the Son portrays God the Father. And ye are complete in him. That word means uh, we are complete in Jesus. Everything God the Son has, we have in him because he's in us and we're in him. That leads us to our text today. I want you to find in your Bible to Colossians chapter number 2 and please pick up in the verse 13, 14, and 15 for our text today. 1, verse 13. And he follows up and says, And you, speaking of the church of Colossae and us today, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, Hath he quickened, the word quickened means to make alive. He quickened together with him, and listen to this, having forgiven you all trespasses, not just some, but all. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. He's forgiven us all of our trespasses. I could stop right there and have a shout and spell. But look in verse number 14. I love this. Blotting out, blotting out. I'm glad to tell you that God doesn't rub our sin in. He rubs it out. Oh, yes. He sent it as far as the east is from the west. He said, I don't even remember it anymore in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12. And I'm so thankful to God that though the devil might try to remind you of your past, somebody as well said, just remind him of his future. But keep reading. He blotted out, verse number 14, blotting out, which means counseling a debt. We'll talk about that in a moment. 
writing out the handwriting, a legal document, writing out the handwriting of ordinances, that is a decree, that is a legal document as an indictment. Uh, in this case, uh, you could see the Ten Commandments. He, we're guilty, we fall short. He's blotted out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and look at this, and took it out of the way, nailing it, nailing it to his cross. Three nails equals forgiveness. Those are sweet words to me. And I believe there's somebody listening today that you're searching for an answer, and Jesus is the answer. And I want to tell you a little bit more about that. And I want to encourage you, this is the greatest thing you'll ever do, to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. And then they're probably speaking to some people today that are Christians. You're having a hard time forgiving. Yes, you are. I heard of one, I talked with a man last night, and he told me this. He said, he said uh, my, one of my family members lost everything in the stock market downtrend. Now we can't retire. And people are frustrated today, and people are agitated today, and people are mad today. Parents and children, husbands and wives. I'll talk more about that in a moment, but notice, notice what he says. In verse number 15, having nailed it to his cross, verse 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing them in it. May God bless the reading of his word to our heart today. And here's three reasons why you and I need God's forgiveness and need to forgive. Number one, you can and I can stay in the graveyard of death. Or we can let the Lord of life raise us up. I find that in verse 13 of the text. Let's go there again. Verse 13, Paul said, and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together and raised up, quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Listen, are you bitten with bitterness today? I got a call just the other night, and a person told me, I said, Pastor, I hadn't been reading my Bible. I'm not in the will of God. And said, not only that, but I've got a potty mouth. I'm beginning to say things, you know, potty mouth, <laughs> not good, all right? And I began to talk with the person, and I said, but you know what? God hadn't moved. We're the ones that moved. And I've got good news for you and those listening that you can move back to God. You can take a step to him. And he said, draw near to him. He will draw near to us. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me. That's why I came to earth, that we might be in a right relationship and reconcile to our creator. Well, are you bitten with bitterness? Are you angered about circumstances? People are losing their job. And, and my heart goes out to families that have been loved ones. Many of them passed away. The last report I'd heard were about 4,000 people have passed away. And they're projecting, listen to this, you've probably heard it too, 150 uh, to 200 or 250 people will not make it through this terrible time. Oh, listen, beloved, people can be bitten with bitterness. Why is this happening? I don't have all the answers. Y'all look at me. I know this. God is still sovereign. And I know this. Sometimes suffering is for a purpose. And sometimes suffering is uh, uh, for the purpose of, of purifying the saints. We can see the book of Job. His health, his home, his heart was under attack. 
I don't understand it all, but I know this. I know this. We can trust God through it. And that's what I'm asking you to do. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Yes, this person who I was talking with, we got uh, a group conversation going. And, and this person said, I've even been at odds with my husband. And said that I've done some things. And I said, well, the first step is acknowledging we've uh, done wrong. And I'm talking about not only to be resurrected from the graveyard of being dead in trespass and sin. Ephesians 2, Paul said the same thing. And, uh, and if you hadn't been saved, that's the first step. Acknowledging you're lost and you can't save yourself. No amount of good works will get you to heaven. Oh, no. No turning over a new leaf. No pulling yourself up with your own bootstraps. You must be born again. Jesus died on the cross. A death he didn't deserve. He paid a price he didn't. He didn't know <laughs> a price I couldn't pay. And that's why I, he's the best friend I've ever had. He's, ever, he's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my strength. He's my song in the night. He said he wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. He said that nothing shall separate us from his love. He said that in him we're more than conquerors. He said that uh, even though we pass through the waters, he said he'd be with us. Listen to me. Do you really know him? Do you really know him? He'll bring you out of the graveyard of death and quicken you and make you uh, seated with him in heavenly places according to Ephesians 1, 3. But wait a minute. I told this person, I said, uh, as I was talking with them, hey, look, we can't see our own sin. No, but if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Y'all listen to me. It's difficult for me to see my own sin. It's probably difficult for you to see your own sin. We all have blind spots. It reminds me, a while back I was uh, riding by. My wife and I had gone out to eat then, and we saw a car that had a flat tire, and, and we slowed down and, and knew the people, and I said, well, I'll just jump out and help. And she said, well, honey, you might ought to take off your coat and stuff. I said, nah, I can, there's no problem. I can do it. it won't, I can do it without getting dirty. And so I just jumped out and helped them, and, and it was kind of dark outside. And I said, well, you know, after we finished and got the tire going and got them up and going, I said, look, hey, I did it. Didn't even get dirty. Isn't that wonderful? Got home and uh, came in the bedroom where the light was shining. And you know what? I was dirty all over. I just couldn't see it because I was in the darkness. And that's so prone for us not to see ourselves as God sees us. Tell me, were you willing, are you willing to get in the light? John wrote in 1 John 1, 5, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, the word light is phos. If we walk in the light, where we get our word phosphorus, he uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That means the word cleanses, catharizai, wipes the slate clean. Y'all listen. How many today, right now, maybe have developed a bad attitude? Maybe have find yourself murmuring, complaining. Oh, I can confess there. And so today, right now, you can uh, claim 1 John 1, 9. Oh, yes, instead of being bitten with bitterness, that leads me to number two, the second reason. Three nails equals four given. Not only 
and you, if you want to, you can stay in the graveyard of death or you can ask the Lord of life to resurrect you from the dead. Maybe there's some Christians today that may be listening and you've lost your joy. You've lost your passion. You've lost your focus. You've lost your vision. And through all this, maybe you're wondering where God is and wondering what God is up to. And I'm going to tell you today that God has a plan for us. And I don't understand it completely, but I want to be in the center of God's plan. Are you right where you're at with the Lord? Maybe there needs to be some rededication right now. Secondly, if you'll notice, if you want to, you can stay sick with sin's virus or you and I can call Dr. Jesus and he will heal you. I said, Dr. Jesus will heal you. I said, he's a great physician. Where did I get that? I'm glad you asked because look at verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Three nails equals forgiveness. Well, I can demonstrate it better than I could explain it. Right behind me is a portrayal of the cross. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance was against us. Again, this legal document I have right behind me here. Some nails and a hammer. I want you to do this with me today. I'm going over a sin list. Will you take your sin list? Today is Palm Sunday, we call it. Next week is Resurrection Sunday, leading up to the greatest event in all of the world. But wait a minute. Will you take your sin list like I will? Maybe it's lying that you've been compromising. Will you take that right now, that sin list, and do what Paul said? Having nailed it to his cross, blotting out the handwriting that was ordinance against us. What about pride or what about gossip or what about greed or what about lust or what about you know what's on your sin list will you take it right now and nail it to the cross and thank God for his forgiveness based on his word well having nailed it to his cross I had a young man to call me just the other day and he said this he said he said brother Randy I've not been serving God. I've not been in the will of God. This young man was brought up in church. I've known him for a number of years. He said, I hadn't been serving the Lord. He said, I need you to pray for me. I need to talk with you. And so we talked for about an hour, and here's what he told me. He said, my wife and I have had a fallout, and we got a little child. And he said, long story short, I left the home and we're separated at the moment. He said, but I want to be reconciled. He said, but more than that, I wanted to call to tell you this. God spoke to my heart and showed me that I've been leaving him out of my life. I hadn't been going to church and hadn't been serving the Lord. And he said, and this young man is not quite 30 years old. He said, but God has shown me I need to rededicate my life to him. I know I'm saved, but I have not been living right. And I've not been the godly husband, and I hadn't been the godly dad. And he said, God showed me it was all about me, what I wanted to do, and where I wanted to go. Well, I was just listening, and I was saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then he told me this. He said, but my wife is hurt. She don't want anything to do with it. She, at this point, doesn't want to be reconciled. 
And I said, well, it's going to take time for healing, but Dr. Jesus can heal. Yes, he can. And maybe I'm preaching to somebody today that you've been hurt by a loved one. You hadn't heard from them in all this coronavirus deal. And you're wondering why they hadn't called. You're wondering why they hadn't gotten in touch with you. Do they really care? And if you're not careful, we can build up resentment in our heart and unforgiveness in our soul. Three nails equals forgiveness. Not only do we need to be forgiven, but we need to learn how to, watch this, let go or release. That's the definition for forgiveness. Letting go, releasing, releasing the hurt or the pain inflicted by someone else and the transfer of that debt to another, namely Jesus. Will you do it now? Will you say, Lord, I have been harboring anger in my heart. Remember what Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. He said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, your paragismos, your seething hostility. And then he said in verse 30, he said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption. The word grieve there, interesting to note, is the word lopio. It means to hurt, to offend. And so when we harbor unforgiveness, it, we offend, we grieve the Holy Spirit. Have you grieved the Holy Spirit? I know at times uh, I have to go through this process as well. And then listen to verse 31 of the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Tell me, are you forgiven? Three nails equals forgiveness. Have you been forgiven? Here's what God's saying. What right do we have to not forgive? Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said to Peter, we ought to keep forgiving. Uh, seven times? No, 70 times seven. And he told the story about a man that owed uh, a debt, let's say for this example, $10,000. And somebody had just forgiven him that debt. But then that same man that had just been forgiven that great debt went out and found a man that owed him $100. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But he, he, the man who'd just been forgiven that great debt wouldn't let that man off the hook. And he said, no, you're going to pay me whatever you owe me. Then Jesus said, as he looked at the disciples, Matthew 18, verse 34, 35, he said, that man will be turned over to the tormentors. And then he said this, don't miss it. He said, likewise, Jesus, my heavenly Father do to you if you do not forgive from your hearts. He said, he'll be turned over to the tormentors. That don't sound good. That leads me to the third reason you and I need forgiveness and need to forgive. Are you willing to let it go? I, I didn't say wait for a feeling. You've got to make a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, and you're not going to feel like forgiven, but it's something you know you ought to do. And that leads me to three. That is, are you going to let the devil and the evil spirits continue to hold on to you? Or are you going to let Jesus break you free and set you free? Look at verse 15. I love this. Look at verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You know what that, that, you know what that means? And here is the word picture we're told. The word picture is Jesus Christ stripping and spoiling principalities, literally breaking the back of the enemy. And I'm so glad to tell you that God's got power over the enemy right now. Do you know what this word picture demonstrates? A conquering king who had just won a battle. He's riding in his chariot. He's got his purple robe. And the defeated army, one of the men, is holding a crown over his head. Meanwhile, 
the losing army are marching through the streets with their weapons discarded, broken, and the conquering army is dragging them through the streets. Look at the conquering army ahead of the losing enemy and the conquering army. You know what they're saying? Triumph, triumph, triumph. That's the picture. Jesus Christ leads us into triumph over the world, the flesh, the devil. And I want to tell you something. When we confess our sins to the Lord, this is what it does. I don't remember them anymore. What sins are you talking about? He cast them as far as the east is from the west to remove them from us. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Now the devil's the accuser of the brethren. But if you've trusted in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said that he would remember our sin no more. Hebrews 8 and 12 and Psalm 103 as far as the east is from the west. My granddad is in the hospital in Macon, Georgia, Northside, which is now called Coliseum. I'll never forget it. A few years ago, he was well up in age. I was concerned about the eternal destiny of my granddad. I love my granddad. What an influence he had in my life. And I'll never forget going to visit him that day. It looked like time was ticking and he was about gone. And I'll never forget leaning over that hospital bed as the clock began to tick and time began to wind down for life this side of eternity for my granddad. I had to speak to him and I said at 96 years old, Poppy, have you trusted Jesus? Have you asked God to forgive you for sins? He was just gazing up at the ceiling racked with pain and running the race. And I said, Poppy, Jesus said that he would forgive us through his blood. Our sins can be washed away. We can have a home in heaven. As I was looking down on him, and, and then I made this statement. I said, as far as the east is from the west, the Lord said he'd remove our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west, and I repeated it, as far as the east is from the west, as far as the east is from the west, God being my witness, he sat up in the bed <laughs> And he lifted his hands and said, as far as the east is from the west, I believe. And those are the last words I heard my granddad say. In just a couple of hours, he went out to eternity. Praise the Lord. Tell me today, with you, are you forgiven? I mean, really, do you know that you know? You don't have to wonder. This is the confidence we have in him. And God said, this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not the life. These things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Right now, wherever you're at, you can call upon the name of the Lord. If we confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you should be saved. With a heart man believes on the righteousness of the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. How many know somebody right now that's not really in a right relationship with God? And you want to pray for him right now. What about it? Today, do you need to forgive? Will you just let it go? Just let it go. Put it in the hands of the Lord. He understands. He'll take care of it. I want to pray with you right now. 
and you pray right now. If nothing else, thank God for his forgiveness in your life. Oh, bless the Lord for that great love. There's hope in the Lord. So I want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for your cleansing blood. Thank you, God, for forgiving me and loving me and not giving up on me and saving me from my sins, the penalty of sin, the power of sin, one day the very presence of sin. I know I'm not what I ought to be, but I thank you, Father. I want to be everything you want me to be. Now, God, as we lift up every single listener, no doubt where they're at, it doesn't matter. Father, you know their situation. We pray that you'll move in power even now as we pray. Hearts will be changed. There'll be confession and cleansing. There'll be the releasing of this hurt and this resentment that many are feeling to move on with you. We thank you and praise you now for victory. You're worthy. And we pray this in the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen.